0: Hello, everybody. This is RPG Cast 492 for February 9th, 2019, and I'm your host, Anna Marie Privateer. We're having cozy casts this week. Just a small number of people.
1: Mm, Hi, Chris. Hi.
2: Hi, Kelly. Sitting around drinking our coffee. I don't
0: drink
1: Talking coffee. Talking quietly. Coffee's gross. Oh, well.
3: You should drink chocolate. coffee. It's yeah. Hi, Josh morning anna
0: do, do you like coffee
3: yeah i like coffee
0: Ugh, you're all gross
2: <laughs> i just stick a bunch of creamer and uh sugar in mine and call it good <laughs>
0: all right we'll uh we'll have to have a, a coffee cast at some point and discuss our, our coffee likes and dislikes so kelly what have you been playing this week
2: well, I had uh, I was off last week because I was going to a cat show and taking pictures of majestic floofs. Did no, no oh. I didn't enter it. I don't think any of my cats could do the um, house cat competition because my cats are, aren't aren't used to it. And oh, wait, I was wait, wait. watching.
1: What's in the house cat competition? Is it about like do you need to the cat needs to come up and trip the judge when they're trying to do something in the kitchen? <laughs> They, no, they pee it, on the counter or they pee on the kitchen floor next to the litter box um, no
2: it, it, it's just about like personality how quickly
1: um, can you get under the covers and and not know that you're there when your owner looks away and then they lay down on top of you
2: no the these are really cat.
1: important house cat skills in my opinion i don't know
2: No, it's just about, like, personality and how how cute they are and stuff like that. And I saw a lot of people enter their house cats. What does that
1: mean? Their personality?
0: Well, the problem is, is we have two cats that have, Mm -hmm. like, insane personalities. One's a moron and one's a bitch.
1: Yeah. That kind of sums up the spectrum of cat personalities, Anna.
2: No. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and Kelly didn't
1: it, disagree. It's, Anna, <laughs>
2: it, it's so it's so normies can basically enter a cat into the comp into their own competition without having to have like a purebred cat. And wh- I was watching the house cat judging, and pretty much every cat that was in that category like tried to hiss and swipe at the judge.
1: <laughs> so that should be a skill. Like how much blood can you draw? oh 20 yeah. points. Good job. You know, and, that's... you
2: know, I'm sitting there thinking I would like to enter my mur- Murray and see how quickly he could get disqualified. You know, maybe that's the metagame of the that's house right. cat catch. Now, how it's quickly... like golf.
1: You want the yes. lowest score. So.
2: Yes. <laughs> but so I, I was out last week. And while I was out, I finished up Bowser's Inside Story and was getting very annoyed at the end of that game just because of how long it felt. It was like boss after boss after boss, and I, I really hate it when games can't decide when they're going to end. Um. Other than that, I've been just playing. Wait, the Anna, ev- don't
1: you have thoughts on Bowser's Inside Story and how long it goes? Yeah, I stopped playing it because it felt too long. But you have the yeah. new. You have the remake now.
2: Yep. Did you play the mini game? No, I did not. What? That's, That's the, the whole point. point. I hadn't played the original. Oh, okay. I mean, the mini game it, is really
0: good. You yeah, haven't played it, but it's the same mini game that was in the previous game. All right.
2: But yeah, it, I mean, Bowser's Inside Story was a very cute game, and the, the ending was definitely kind of cute. But at the same time, I the, the game felt way too long for what it was, and I was also kind of annoyed at how. Um, I don't know how little Mario and Luigi mattered in that, but yet you still needed them to beat the final boss. So, uh, I I thought when you Superstars, say how
1: little they mattered, aren't you playing as them the whole time?
2: You're switching back and forth between Bowser and uh, Mario and Luigi. Uh. So yeah, and I I, I thought that Superstar Socket was definitely the better game as far as just story and overall pacing was concerned. And the, the big thing that I've been playing for the past two weeks that I haven't been able to put down is Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, I, I kind of have the exact opposite – the kind of the opposite opinion of Alex because he seemed kind of meh on the game. And I'm kind of like, oh my god, I love this game. Give me more.
3: <laughs> and I'm fearful you've got the wrong group of people here to – to uh, yeah. squee well, with I, you about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the story is... I mean, I'm not going to lie, the story hasn't been that great. Um, the Frozen worlds and the uh, Tangled world is literally just a plot of the movie.
1: That's kind of how like. Kingdom Hearts works.
2: But, but the Toy Story world and the Monsters, Inc. world acted like they took place after their respective oh, movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, because in the Monsters, Inc. world... Um, the characters are harvesting laughter, and that screams. Ah. Uh. <clears throat> but um, yeah. Uh, the one thing that has been driving me nuts about particularly the Pixar worlds is the voices because it's they got soundalikes for like John Goodman and Buzz and Woody and stuff like that, and they're just they're just off enough that. But didn't they're they kinda... get like
1: Adina Menzel for the Frozen lady?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Because she was there. like, "Hell
1: yeah, I'm in a video game."
2: Yeah, all the Frozen people are in the game, and I think all of the Tangle people are in the game. But um, Toy Story, it's I think it's Tom Hanks' brother that's playing. Oh,
1: no, it's it his, his son. son. Yeah, oh, it's, it's Colin Hanks. Hanks. Is it? Col- are you sure? Ooh, I'm fairly certain. That's funny.
2: I know it was that's a good. Hanks that was playing Woody. Well, I just we saw
1: Colin sure. Hanks on the Netflix Final Table series recently, or Clint Hanks, I think it is actually, and he okay. freaking looks and sounds like his dad. <laughs>
2: Um, <laughs> so it wouldn't surprise me at all that it, yeah. It's Colin. Um,
1: Colin? Okay. Did, yeah.
2: Did you guys look up the trailer that happens at the beginning of the Toy Story World? No. The, the trailer, the uh, commercial happens, and it's kind of a little, um, I want to say F you to Final Fantasy fifteen.
3: <laughs> oh, I've heard about that. Yeah.
2: Y- yeah. From what Vaughn told, my husband told me, is basically uh, how Nomura kind of felt about how 15 turned out.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's still salty about uh, versus 13 being turned into 15. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time I'm watching this trailer happen, I'm like, I really want to play whatever game this is. <laughs> Because it looks fun as hell, and you're controlling giant mechs in the Toy Story world, which is a lot of fun. Um, in the fro- in the Frozen world, you have that giant snow monster from the movie uh, in your party, which is also fun. Excellent. Yeah, um, I- I'm having a lot. I- I'm having fun with the gummy ship stuff. Oh my god, I spent like two or three hours the other night running around in yeah, the gummy ship. Yeah,
1: gummy ships. I'm telling you
2: because it's all open world and it's really fun to you know try and find the blueprint uh, or the gummy ship blueprints and just go around finding stuff. And it's kind of like how I've always wanted a, um, like a, an open world Star Fox to be.
3: I'm sorry, isn't you, an open wanted... world Star Fox? not an open world Star Fox just Tie Fighter? I thought it was Starlink. Well...
2: See, I haven't played Starlink yet, hmm. so. That's the good Star Fox Why that did any,
1: made. I, I'm confused. Why did somebody want an open-world Star Fox? Because uh, the original Star Fox was pretty cool. Yeah, sure, but that wasn't an open-world game, so yeah. I don't know. No,
2: but th- that's how I've always wanted the Star Fox series to kind of progress, and right. it's never happened like that.
3: Yeah, it's always stayed on rails. Mm. I'm I'm
2: having a lot of fun with the game. I'm about to go into the Pirates of the Caribbean world, which I saw Alex was not happy about having to go to. He was calling it Uncanny Valley World on Twitter.
3: He's not the only one. I've seen several people say that.
2: Yeah. Oh, and one of the side things in this game is finding hidden Mickeys.
1: Um, for the Seriously, oh, yeah. that's great! That's such a Disney thing nowadays. So that's great. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, so you find like Wait. Mickey Mouse heads all over the world, and sometimes they're just kind of engraved in the environment, and sometimes like you have to t- point the camera in a certain way to line up things to make the Mickey Mouse ears. That's so
3: great. Uh, oh, oh. Okay, so it's head images not like severed heads. No, oh. no. It's like, oh. <laughs> it's like three circles coming together to look
1: like yeah, a yeah, head. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. It's a thing that you do at Disney World nowadays. They've got them all over the freaking place. Yeah. Like, literally everywhere. Um, there's books about it. Um, what What's interesting is I think we should also have find the hidden Final Fantasy characters. Since they didn't, uh, since they didn't bother to put them in the games, they should have them
2: hidden. No. <laughs> <laughs> They mention Cloud and Auron at the beginning of Mount Olympus, and then in the Toy Story World, you put together a giant cactar, and that's pretty much it. Well, for
1: Frick's sake. So, so far. <laughs> we'll mention them, but we're not going to have them in this game because uh, I don't know why. I don't understand probably- why we lost the Final Fantasy.
2: Probably because there's so many characters in the game anyway that they didn't want to further dilute it.
1: Yeah, but I'd rather have the Final Fantasy characters than all of Organization uh, I, I
2: 13. I think, because I think initially the Final Fantasy characters were just kind of placeholders because they didn't have time to make original characters. Oh,
1: for goodness sake.
2: And now that they had, like, what, 13 years, they can make all the original characters they want. But
1: now they're all bad. I. It's just so confused whatever uh, i know i think uh, it, I, I, I think no no this kingdom hearts was final fantasy plus disney that's what kingdom hearts was that's why there were final fantasy characters now it's Tetsu nomura plus disney that's just not the same it's a lot of zippers
2: i know so but I, i'm zippers. still have i'm still having a lot of fun with the game
1: if you speedrun kingdom hearts do you play zipper percent Ugh. No
0: So Kelly oh, likes the game
1: I... and Alex doesn't like the game Right is that where we're at with this No he
0: just didn't yeah. like that world
1: Oh okay uh, He doesn't like any I... of the worlds he's been in
2: <laughs> I thought Alex felt very lukewarm Over the whole thing uh, I'm. My opinion is that Story is stupid The combat is crazy and I don't care I'm still having fun <laughs> And hence why Kelly, I'm not. Do really...
1: you understand the story? Did you like watch uh, a, a cheater video to figure out what you to put everything yeah, in order in your head and stuff? Or... I
2: have a I have a vague idea of what's going on. Okay. Um, okay. I, I'm probably gonna. Because we're probably going to be doing a Kingdom Hearts backtrack on all the side stories. And since I'm the only one that kind of can figure it out, I'm probably going to do the plot summary for what's going oh, on. I'm
1: so sorry. <laughs> Nobody should have to suffer like that.
2: <laughs> it's, uh, Chris, you, you got to understand something. I'm one of the few people that defended the ending of Lost. So, mm. I don't know. My my brain just kind of understands convoluted stories. isn't the ending, it's all a dream?
1: No, oh, it's purgatory.
2: Oh, yeah. my bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the,
1: like the dumb ending people had called years ahead of time and said, oh, it's probably something dumb like that. And then it's like, yeah, yep, it's something dumb like this. <laughs> so
0: who gets to go to heaven and who gets it? To... No, no.
2: You know what? We're getting off track. What else have you
0: been playing, Kelly?
2: Um, I started up at Trion Odyssey Nexus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> And um, F-O-D. F-O-D. Anna was hero shaming me on Discord, yeah. so she, she made attack. a hero
0: character, and it's called STFU. Pause.
1: That's <laughs> character. Yeah.
2: I, I, I'm not. Uh, you mad that I'm not running it right now, though.
1: Kelly, no. Kelly, am I in your game?
2: No, I name all of my Etrian characters after my WoW characters, so that oh. I can kind of keep track of their function.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. I named my and Odyssey Nexus characters after people I know. So my initial party was um, pause and then I couldn't cam- come up with a name for one, so I named something random. Um, and then I have Max Storm, Amistiana, and Nubuo. So I had Chris in my party. The problem was is that Chris was a medic. And with all of the other, like, ongoing healing in my party, I didn't actually need a dedicated medic, Why so I replaced him me... with
1: Kelly. I need you to... <sighs> Do you have a farmer? No. I should be a farmer. Make me a farmer. <laughs> I always want to be the most useless class, but I want to be in your party. So,
0: <laughs> now my party is Pause who is a hero, uh Ninji who is a shadow stalker, um Mistiana who is an arcanist, Kelly who is a survivalist, and Max Storm who is a gunner.
2: And Chris Farmer isn't useless, so they're Anna... just very they're very good at um Sh- farming like literally farming materials for money and stuff
1: perfect but useless for battle right
2: did they have some perks
1: anna Mm -hmm. is would you say your hero is a mary sue
0: i'm i'm giving you that like (laughs) that like obama wtf jeff right now chris
1: it's a hero insert (laughs) Oh, I like this flowchart. How to tell if your character is a Mary Sue. Oh, is no, no,
0: no, 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 no. <laughs> Kelly, how far are you?
2: Um, I'm still running around the first stratum. I think I need to defeat the Berserker King.
0: Okay. I'm in the fourth Labyrinth.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. You've played a lot.
3: Of course she has. It's Anna.
2: <laughs> it's really fun. It feels so good. I'll tell you what, were you paralyzed with choice at the very beginning of what kind of party you wanted to run? No, because, because I, you knew
0: I knew I, I, that if I didn't look it up, I was going to be I was going to spend hours making my party. So I went to game FAQs. I read through like the six pages of people arguing and I found one post that got quoted like 18 times of this sounds like a good party. And that's the party I went with.
2: I, I knew I wanted to run an imperialist because imperialists were broken as hell in 4. Um and and it's true in this game too. They're like one-shotting bosses right now. But I'm also playing on picnic. Me too. And then um I knew I wanted to run a sovereign because I love their survivability in that their respective game. I think sovereigns were either 3 or 2.
0: Are you a pretty pretty say? princess? Yes. Okay.
2: Um, so so I'm running that because I I love all of their different skills for like uh, auto healing and stuff like that, and then the rest it was just kind of like doing a tank, a DPS, and a healer, uh, that sort of thing. But trying trying to figure out which tank and DPS I wanted to do it was crazy. But I tend to prefer like at least one back backseat gunner, or I I did I went with survivalists just because I tend to prefer bows to guns. And then the final slot was—I uh, mean, I had medic obviously because they were really the only pure healing class. And then uh, what else? Yeah, I—I had,
0: I, had—I—I I replaced my pure healer because I just found on particularly on picnic I just didn't need them.
2: Yeah, I might swap out my medic um, depending on how much difficulty I'm running into. Because right now, like I've got the sovereign so ja- jacked up on healing abilities that she can let kind of auto heal everybody. But I don't know. I kinda, That's bitten me in the ass before not having like a dedicated healer, but, but we'll see. Um, I'm glad that this game has the e- EXP share so that you have a lot more versatility with your uh, characters, not live in your party. So that if you want to quickly swap somebody out, you yeah, can. Yeah, that
0: is really nice. That was why I didn't feel bad about ditching Chris because <laughs> you know they'll no good experience either way
2: you, you, you get back in the guild you're getting scrubby XP Chris
0: <laughs> I'm replacing you for someone I like better <laughs> so yeah this game has like it's really good it's like mm. all of the things that I love about all of the previous Etrian Odyssey games so like the, I- the writing is fantastic
2: Yes, I'm really happy about it having a world map and having different dungeons to go into, yes. not just like one huge dungeon. And that so, was one thing I, that was one thing I really liked about four that I was pissed that they didn't bring forward into five.
0: Well, and they've they've actually taken it a step even further because what they do is there are labyrinths, which are multiple floors, and then there are dungeons, which are single floors. Mm-hmm. And so you when you go into a dungeon it sort of has like a small contained story surrounding it and then when you go into a labyrinth it has sort of a more elaborate story that ties into a broader narrative mm-hmm. so like um as you go into each of the dun uh each of the labyrinths that have multiple floors you actually meet characters and there's like a story revolving around those character or characters. So there's way more storytelling in this. And that was the thing that drove me bananas about five. Five was so weak in terms of story. The mm -hmm. one thing that they brought back from Five, which I really like, is the little adventure logs.
3: Where it's like you
0: go into the corner and it's like, Do you want to eat this fruit? Yes or no? And then there's a consequence or not to it.
2: did did you get to the one where you got sprayed with stinky water and had to
1: unequip both? Oh I did.
2: (laughs) Yep.
0: And I like it because there there's a fairly good variety. Um, there's one dungeon where it's like mostly, hey, do you want to eat the fruit? Or there's one, I can't remember if it was a dungeon or a labyrinth. that It was like, hey, do you want to eat this fruit? Um, but it makes sense in context of that particular adventure mm-hmm. that it's specifically fruit stuff.
2: Yeah, I th- I think I did that when you're talking about last night where it had like little fawn foes springing around and i kept getting in fights with them but i didn't want to kill them because i just had a feeling that if i started killing fawns that the mama was going to show up surprise she does yes okay so i was definitely better off leaving those alone
0: yeah i i wasn't paying attention and i just killed them off and then it was like you feel an angry presence in in the in the maze (laughs) and i'm like oh oh no oh this was a bad idea
2: Oh, I'm also a moron. I didn't realize that the innkeeper—that her—I thought that she was wearing a headdress. And after seeing her, no, uh, it's a cat. Yeah. Once I realized that it was a cat, like, oh, how did I not see that before?
0: Um, In their first interaction, she's like, "I don't want to get up. I'm lazy," and the cat actually swipes her. So yeah, if you got like the 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 launch edition, um, there's actually a a, a molded keychain of the innkeeper.
2: Yeah, I, I have her. I just it took seeing the in game art to realize. Oh wait, that's not a headdress. That is a cat. It is a cat. That, that is a fat ass cat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that's what I've been doing this week, is a lot of Veteran Odyssey Nexus. Um, I've also been playing a lot of Final Fantasy IV Free Enterprise, like two or three runs a day, sometimes four, because mm-hmm. uh, the uh, World Series of Free Enterprise tournament starts next weekend. So I'm getting ready for that. Yay! You're,
3: you're getting into shape.
2: I'm getting up to my fighting weight. <laughs> is... uh. Chris running behind you, going, you're, you're gonna eat Thunder and crap Thundaga. What?
0: Er, no, oh,
2: no, I, I messed that up. You're gonna eat lit and crap th- lit three. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, I also finished uh, Fairy Fencer F, uh, Advent Dark Force. I got all three stories. The third storyline is really good. Um, so I would definitely recommend uh, giving that game a go, whether it's on PS4 or Switch. The PS3 version only has the original storyline, so you'll have to get it on a modern console. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Josh, I want to hear about what you've been playing.
3: <clears throat> well, I've been playing more Marriage, but I haven't made it. It feels like I've been playing that a ton, but haven't really made a lot of progress. Because I started running into boss battles. So it's an
0: aggressive Wars game.
3: Yeah, pretty much. It is super grindy. Yep. <clears throat> and it's a shame because, like, I really enjoy the battle system itself. There's a, you know, it's fast-paced, and there's, like, a decent bit of strategy with that one ability where you can kind of like combine all four of your characters together to do like this one big attack, but you have to like line up the turn order and you have to, uh, you know, kind of decide when you want to use that. Cause it uses up a ton of magic points. So it's like, it's fun to try and set that up and think about when you want to do that kind of stuff. But man, the boss battles are just ridiculous. They, they, Obviously, intend you to spend just hours and hours grinding, and long before you get to a level where you are actually fighting the bosses, you know, where you're actually capable of fighting the bosses, you know, the the regular enemies just become nothing, and you just spend several hours, you know, having to fight these, you know, mindless, easy battles over and over and over again to get your level up. Uh, and the other. Fun little thing is that it isn't just straight about like experience and levels. You also have this way of uh, leveling your characters up by like uh, it, it's like uses this combination of uh, materials from random drops and money to unlock new abilities. And some of them just straight up give you stat boosts. But that means you're also having to go around and fight those random battles just to get random drops so that you can do that. Which is never a lot. I, I, certainly, I've never found that to be a lot of fun where you're wandering around looking for a random drop to be able to level up. <laughs> it's not a lot of fun. Otherwise, I mean, you know, like it's a shame, like the, the localization is pretty fun and the combat is, is fun when it isn't over, you know, when it isn't forcing you to do the same thing over and over and over again. But, man, those boss battles are just totally unbalanced to the rest of the game. Like, there's absolutely no progression whatsoever. Ah, such a shame. And then uh, just to try and break it up, I pulled out uh, a game. I think it's been out for a couple of years now, but I picked it up, I don't know, a couple months ago on some PlayStation sale, which is uh, 1979 Revolution Black Friday which is a uh, very much a telltale inspired game um, I think it was done Anna I think you were telling me it was done by like two people who uh, whose parents were like yeah. uh, in Iran it, it's based on the Iranian Revolution in 1979 1978 and into 79 I guess I should say and you play as like this photojournalist who is uh you know like he starts out as very much like not taking sides he's just you know he's just there documenting what's going on he's been away from iran i think like off in school in germany or something for several years and he's come back to kind of act as a photojournalist in during the revolution and you know he slowly starts getting kind of pulled into events as they kind of spiral out of control and, you know, part of it, it's very much like a telltale game, you know, where every single time you're faced with a choice, you know, like, do you help your friend or, you know, to break up a fight or do you instigate the fight? And then, you know, whichever way you uh, choose to go with it, it's like, oh, Bob Beck will remember that. <laughs> and so most of the story is told through like flashbacks, like after as you start the game, you're in the uh, – the prison for political prisoners. This is after the revolution is over like several years later. And so you're locked up. You're right at the beginning of the game. You get caught by the secret police and locked up in this prison. And then most of the game is told in flashbacks to the revolution when they're like, I mean, like it's, it's deep and dark. Cause I think I, I started playing and like 10 minutes in, I got myself killed like the the uh gar- you know the interrogator just tortured me to death and you're like oh, up you're, you're dead game over <laughs> and I'm like dang
0: <laughs> Yeah yeah this game is like cuts you no know, slack
3: No So I got like I think I'm like 3 quarters of the way through it and they just brought the main character's brother in and now every single time you don't answer the interrogator's questions they just you know cattle prod your brother and he's you know screaming and you Like it it is an intense experience and, you know, like it's very well done where where there's a really good balance between both seeing how evil the original Shah regime was. But then also basically the revolutionary regime is kind of kind of ended up going down the exact same path (laughs) to the point where they're talking about that how the uh, guards in this poli- you know the uh, it's it's most of this stuff is it's very steeped in the actual history of what happened the uh, the prison that you're held in is was a real prison they I think it was called the Evian prison and it was used back both during the Shah regime and also afterwards by the uh, Iranian revolu- the revolutionary regime and so, like they were talking about how like the guards for the uh, Shah regime basically taught the uh, revolutionary guards their their same tactics in torturing people. So it's it, it was it's interesting and intense and you know, like very int- very unique. You don't see a lot of serious subject matter in a video game. So it's been fun to kind of balance the the most lightest, fluffiest material you can imagine in agarest war with something very serious and heavy to kind of balance it out. But it, it it's it's good. And it's I, I you know, you can find it on it's I think I think it's on basically everything. It's on Switch, it's on all the modern consoles. I think it's on PC, maybe on iOS as well. And it goes on sale every once in a while. I picked it up on one of the PlayStation sales for not much money and it's really good. You you can tell it's done by a small team. It's it's it doesn't have like huge areas to uh explore, but and it's a little bit clunky, but then again, even the Telltale games were kinda clunky and slow. <laughs> so I, I you know, it, it's one of those things that still kind of manages to fit together in that sort of way.
0: Cool, yeah. I mean, I actually got to play this before it came out at PAX a couple of years ago. And yeah, it was clearly a labor of love for these guys. Like they'd done a ton of research on it. Um, And it definitely has sort of like that telltale vibe to it. So I keep meaning to pick it up and I keep just forgetting about it. So I'm going to have to like put it on my game list or something so that I stop forgetting about it.
3: And and there's a lot of it in the like as you play the game, you unlock a lot of kind of optional stuff that you can read about in the game kind of in the background of the game so it will you know as you play the game it will have explainers on on the shah and the history of iran and all the different culture and it it, you know like it's there to learn about the regime you know about the events that surround the game if you want to but it doesn't force you to do any of that kind of stuff
1: Sweet. Yeah, screw learning.
0: Alright, uh, the only thing that Chris has played this week is Diablo, Diablo 3. So we're going to jump into the news. I played a lot of it.
1: It's time for the news. Beep, 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 beep,
0: beep, beep. So uh, God Eater 3 launched this week, and uh, Bandai Namco laid out a, uh, a an update plan for um, spring and summer of this plan year. Plan
1: to update it.
0: So version Set one point two coming <laughs> more of a plan. yeah so version one point two is coming early spring. They will be adding class certification missions um, custom more customization options for players including skin colors, um, setting passwords on assault missions, and then uh, adjustments to um, play uh, enemies and uh, balance adjustments to both enemies and player abilities. Um, Version 1.3, which is also aiming for a spring release, will add new story missions that take place after the end of the game, Um, new companion NPCs, new assault missions, and even more character customization, like costumes and accessories. Uh, Version 1.4, they are planning for an early summer release. Um, Tentatively, they are adding what they will call time attack missions. Um, and these will add new timers to missions in the game to make them more challenging to replay. So, yeah, this came out on PS4 and PC this week, uh, February 8th, 2019. So uh, if you're interested in checking it out, you will have lots of content coming in the next few months. Um, Neptunia Rebirth 1 uh, is getting more DLC for the PC version. So, what? if you can't get enough of Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth on Steam...
1: How can it get even more?
0: Because it sells, so they're making DLC for it.
3: Man. Oh, so the, the Japanese developer is making more DLC for it even now.
0: Yes. So that's pretty impressive. Released
3: new, yes, new DLC. Yes. A few
0: months ago they did, and now they're putting out more.
1: So, what about 2 and 3? No. What do you mean, no? No. Why, No.
0: Because the first one's selling the best.
1: What? Did, this is the one they just added recently, the uh, mode where you basically get to get all the inside dating info about the characters, right? Like it's the educational mode where you get to know more about their likes and dislikes.
0: The new DLCs.
1: <laughs> you don't care at all.
0: <laughs> one is called the <laughs> Babysitter's Club, which it adds chibi, I, uh, chibi Iffy and Chibi Compa. The second DLC is called Pain Terrain, um, which adds two new dungeons, Ario Plateau and
1: Rebeat Resort. Do I have all this DLC already? Let's see. So when does that DLC come out? It's out now. It's out now? Yep. All right, do I have it all?
0: Um, so while Chris is checking out his girly games, I don't understand. Um, Psy Games and Platinum Games have announced that um, Platinum Games is no longer working on the action RPG Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. So each company put out a statement, and then Psy Games completely scrubbed all records of Platinum Games ever working on the game
3: on like a- and the official Platinum site. Platinum did the exact same thing yeah. on their website. Yeah. So so you everything get the feeling that it was not. You get the feeling it was not as amicable as their anodyne statements kind of led on. Well,
0: yeah, but- and no. So, I mean, when I read this, here's what I think. I think that Psy Games expected Platinum Games to meet certain um, uh, So when you develop a game, you basically have, like, alright, in two weeks we're going to be at X amount of development, and a month after that we're going to be at Y amount of development. Um, I, I forget the actual name for those
3: development milestones. Milestones.
0: Milestones. milestones, Thank you. And so um, I think what probably happened is Platinum Games just missed enough milestones that they realized that they just weren't going to be able to work on this.
1: I like how you're putting it on Platinum that
3: they failed. Okay. I don't know. I don't know problem yeah it's one of those things i guess we'll never especially with the japanese industry we will probably never hear but yeah i mean i know like i'm interested in this side games it was interesting when they started talking about making this game it's like it's you know because they've been a huge uh, mobile developer in japan for a long time and basically they talked about like basically like they've always wanted to make a big budget you know huge console game and this was like their way into doing that so it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. The early stuff looked good on it.
0: And I mean, we don't know who developed that early stuff. No. I mean, it could have also been Psygame Game said, all right, we want to work with you. We're going to announce that we're working with you and you are scheduled to start at X date. And Platinum, we got to that date and Platinum realized that, no, we're way too busy with other stuff. We just can't do this for you anymore. And that's why they scrubbed it off. Yep. Or it could be the Platinum Games or Sly Games, you know, crashed and burned terribly in the project and it's going to start over. It's so hard to tell from this.
3: Yeah. Something happened and we'll probably never know.
1: Very important. (laughs) Everybody knows I've got the new Neptunia DLC. Okay.
0: Um, Atelier Lulua uh, has a release date in North America and Europe.
3: Yeah. So, Uh-oh. if you
0: want to play this game, it will come out for PC, PS4, and Switch in North America on May 21st, and in Europe on May 24th.
3: Seems pretty likely it's going to be Japanese dub only.
0: Uh, with that small amount of time, yeah, I, I can't yeah. see there being an English. Atelier dub. what? Atelier Lulua.
1: What's Lulua now?
0: That's the daughter it's of Verona. The... What Remember Super? Nelke? No, that's already that's coming out in March. Okay. March, yeah.
1: So this, this is, is the next game, in the... yes. Oh, this is the one where they're going back and adding a game to a trilogy. Yes. To make yeah. so it
0: Lulua is Rorona's daughter.
1: Okay. And every time and you and say she's trying Rorona, to find Rorona, it like and she's Verona, got a magic, which is the city I work in, and I get so confused.
2: <laughs>
0: Rorona.
1: Rorona.
0: All right. So yeah, you have Kuna like Matana. you have like um uh like six weeks left to finish the original Arlen trilogy, and then you can play Nelky, and then you have two why? months to finish that
1: before you play Lulua. Why do I need to play Nelky first? You don't, but okay. it's coming out first. So I have over two months to finish the Arlen trilogy, and I can play Nelky anytime I want to after it comes out. Before then, if I want to, but
0: if you're going to play them in order, Chris,
1: order of what release? Yes. Okay, but why does that order matter? Cheese. Oh. There's free cheese.
0: Yeah. Um and then uh I want cheese. In in addition to the release date, we got some more details about Atelier Lulua. Um so we are going to see Totoria Helmand uh Totori. As well Mimi. as her friend Mimi. Um And then um
3: She gets to be there and be all sundry with everyone.
0: Yes. So they've also really uh, revealed a little bit of the gameplay details in that um, Lulua receives the alchemy riddle, which is an ancient text that for some reason only Lulua can decipher. Um, And the reason that Lulua wants to solve the alchemy riddle is because it will preserve her baddie mother's business license.
2: Is this alchemy riddle why hot dogs come in packages of 10 and hot dog buns come in packages of 8? Um, I'll get back to you on that in May. Because <laughs> to me, that's the ultimate alchemy brutal. How can I alchemize hot dogs to have correct ratios? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Kingdom Come Deliverance
0: uh, oh, has revealed their third the DLC. Right. It's called Band of Bastards. Oh, boy. And we'll see the player joining a band of mercenaries. S- I'm led sorry. Hold by... on.
1: Did you say mercenaries? No, mercenaries. I heard mercenaries. Okay. I want to see roving bands of mercenaries going around the country healing people. That's got to be a game now.
3: <laughs> the mercenary game. Yes.
0: Led by Marie-, Marie Curie and her two daughters. Yes.
3: Anime Marie Curie. Of course. Oh, be not even better. Be there you go. Oh, of course. <laughs> All right, so it's the, a the, the the
0: the mercenaries and <laughs> band of bastards are led by Sir Kuno Baron von Rickwald, which is like the most pret- pretentious name that a mercenary can have.
2: Uh, I'm sorry, tangentially related. Barry Curie, for some no for no reason at all, shows up in Lego Movie Two.
0: Wait, what? Seriously? Awesome. Um, sorry, um, I had to
2: get that in there.
0: Yeah, totally. So yeah, this uh, this new band of bastards. Um, you have to keep them in check while you uh, rove your way around the kingdom in a new story-driven questline. It has multiple endings and a new campground. So we have a review for Kingdom Come Deliverance by Pascal Takaya, so if you're interested in checking out the game on PC, PS4, and Xbox One, um, you can read our review. Otherwise, you can download the new DLC starting February 13th, 2019. So in a move that will make Chris very excited... Um Beamdog and Skybound Games have announced they are going to bring all of the enhanced editions of classic D&D RPGs to consoles.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So Baldur's Gate plus Siege of Dragonspur, Baldur's Gate 2, Planescape Torment, Icewind Dale, and Neverwinter Nights are all coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch in 2019. If you're like, who the heck is Skybound Games? They're the people that bought up the end of the Walking Dead series from Telltale Games.
1: Oh. Mm. Oh. So
0: (laughs) if you're into isometric D&D games but want them on modern consoles and you're not part of the PC
2: Master race, now is your opportunity. I may play through PlanScape when it comes to the Switch. I've always wanted to try out that game and the torment uh, or the landscape D and D setting has always been intriguing to me because it's basically the multiverse.
3: Hey, I'll be curious to see what they do to adapt that to console.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I mean, mean they,
3: they've been done before. Well, well, and there are like
0: um, iPad versions of most of those games, so I I think they kind of have the the conceptual idea of what they want to do down.
3: Well, iPad, I, I understand you just touch where you want things to go. It's it's always slightly more complicated when you gotta map it to a controller. So you gotta pull that off. Now, certainly, everyone, other people have done that well, so hopefully they will too.
0: Well, and I think there's controller uh, controls on the PC version. So
3: oh, okay.
0: And uh, speaking of things that Kelly will probably want to dive into, um, E's Memory of Celceta is coming to the PS4.
1: It's not but only Kelpeta.
0: in Japan. Only in Japan. <laughs> ah. So this is officially called "Ease Memory of Celceta Kai," and it is coming to Japan on May sixteenth, twenty nineteen. You think they'll bring it here? I don't know. Uh,
3: I don't know. I don't think so.
0: Because, well, I mean, here's the dilemma that we run into: is we know that Xseed isn't doing as far as we can tell, further East games because Cold Steel 3 was announced by Nisa, which Mm -hmm. presumably means they will also do 4. Yeah. But um, Ease Memories of Salsetta was originally um, localized by XSEED Game. And they put out both the Vita version and the PC version. So the translation belongs to (laughs) XSEED. So are they going to release? I mean, this version may also fall under their umbrella of rights. We don't know how that particular contract was worded. So...
3: If it isn't worded that way, it seems unlikely that XSEED and NIS or someone else would work together to release it just on PS4.
0: Right. And that's the thing is it's like, all right, so if XSEED isn't involved, that means the game needs to be retranslated. Is... Is the money there that they feel confident that it's going to sell enough to justify that cost?
3: Yeah, a third release of this game in, you know, what, like five years?
0: Uh, Oh, six. uh...
3: Six, okay.
0: Yeah, because Celceta was like a 2013 Vita game. Yeah. Yeah. But the PC version just just came out last year. I'm sorry, Kelly, Mm -hmm. I keep cutting you off.
2: No, it's it's fine. I just I want more people to play Solitaire because t- to me it was kind of the best Yeez game in the series, and for the longest time it was only stuck on Vita. And I mean, yeah, you get the PC version now, but I mean, more more systems, more eyeballs. It is such a good game. I enjoyed it.
3: That I'm was curious. The... Oh, go ahead.
0: That was the one where. um he loses his memory and then he has to retrace his path. Adol loses memory wait, wait. and he has to retrace <clears throat> his path through the Hold various on. things
1: that he did. Adol lost his memory, right?
2: But not in a shipwreck for once.
1: Oh, okay, good.
0: No shipwrecks were involved. Actually, I think there might have been a minor shipwreck, but other than that, no shipwrecks were involved. All right. Um,
3: yeah, yeah, I'm I'm curious about this one because Falcom said they were going to quit doing ports, so I'm wondering who's actually doing this port for them. At least that's what the CEO said, that they weren't going to do any more ports after the uh, the two Cold Steel games to PS4. So I don't know. If, I wonder if NIS is maybe doing this behind the scenes or they've outsourced it to some other company or what?
0: Hard to say. We'll know more when it comes out because uh, if another company was involved, they'll be on the box.
3: Yeah, Probably. There are occasionally those Japanese games where, you know, like that used to happen more back in the 16 and 32 bit era where someone would work on it behind the scenes and you'd never know about it. Yeah. So,
0: I don't know. Uh, we have a Kickstarter check-in. It's Kickstarter been a while since check. we did this. Um, so we covered, I think, four games. Yep. Um, yeah. So Chained Echoes is a 16-bit fantasy RPG. Oh my gosh, this
1: is too many Kickstarters. Yep.
3: Yeah. This one is cool. This one has mecha in it. Yep. Oh.
0: You're going to be able to pilot and upgrade your own mechs and an airship. So they're asking for 60,000 euros uh, by March 7th. And you have to uh, pledge at least 17 euros to receive a digital copy of the game. Um, They are shooting for a 2021 release. um, And console versions, including PS4 and Switch, are part of the campaign's stretch goals
3: yeah very chrono trigger battle system to it as well
1: this is very Xenogears gears in that it's like fantasy and then all of a sudden sci-fi mecha
3: yeah
0: <laughs> and then high-tech fantasy high-tech
1: yeah
0: mm-hmm. um the next game that we covered is summer in mara um this is an adventure rpg with farming wait wait
1: wait wait What do you need to donate to get the game in Chained Echoes?
0: 17 euros.
1: And then what do you get if you spend a billion dollars? I don't know. You get the quest pack. You let me down, Chris. You get everything from the ultimate pack tier. You help them design a quest and an NPC, and you'll be credited as world builder. There's still two of those left. It's 1,000 euros, excuse me. All right, now what's next? All right,
0: Summer in Mara. This will be on the Switch. Yep. This is an adventure RPG with farming and craft sim elements. So it's part of that sort of Harvest Moon Life sim umbrella. Um, It is set on a tropical ocean with players sailing their boat to other islands. Mm. The other islands can either be uh, inhabited by NPCs or other players. So you gather things from other islands, you take care of crops and animals on your island, and then you use all of these things to create new tools and structures. So this has already been funded because they were only asking for like 20,000 euros. Um, if you pledge at least 16 euros, you receive a digital copy of the game. Um, they are aiming for this year. So late 2019 on PC, PS4 and Switch.
3: So this is just a PR Kickstarter, yeah, basically. Yeah,
0: this really does feel like a PR Kickstarter. Um, the company that does this, uh, Chibig, has Kickstartered a couple of other games. Um, and I take unction with their claim that they got their Kickstarter rewards out, um, exactly when they said they would because the game was uh, almost two months after they said it would be out.
3: Mm. So, mm.
0: They did get their Kickstarter rewards out, they just didn't get the game out. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I would kind of argue which one of those is more important. Um,. There is also a Kickstarter for Imperium Omni, a four-part serialized retro fantasy RPG. Mm. Um, but,
3: but you're only paying for the first version of it with this Kickstarter. Correct. <laughs> Confusingly. What? Yeah,
0: isn't that weird?
3: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was very weird. It's four parts, but the the when you're only getting the first part of it with your... whatever donation Yeah. so
0: the four parts are captain general king or queen and then emperor or empress so if you um, pledge at least $25 you will get a digital copy of the first part of the game okay but here's what's confusing me is if you pledge at least $25 you also get a full length novel that covers the story of the entire first part
1: spoilers that's weird. So you
0: get the book <laughs> now and then in like 2 years when the game comes out, when the first part of the game comes out, you then play it. Even though you already know all the plot.
1: What? What's wrong that's with really that? And, yeah, it's really like, it, like weird. Yeah, that's just a weird setup based on a book you like.
2: Yeah, that's, but you Okay. Okay. Didn't we learn from like Half-Life and Sonic 4 that episodic games are not a good idea?
0: Well, And here's the thing is, it's like they don't expect this to come out for like two years. And that's just the first part. Also, they only ask for $25,000, which is just a teeny tiny amount of money.
3: Yeah, it it is a pretty low budget game. I mean, there's very limited 3D environments and most of it is like uh, most of the traversal is done via maps.
0: All right. So um, this is definitely coming to PC. Um, they will be considering PS4, Xbox One, iOS, and Android for future ports. No switch. Switch? Switch?
1: Switch? Switch?
0: Switch? Switch? <laughs> switch, switch. 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 switch? I actually posted that <sighs> to someone's uh, tweet.
1: And did they hate you for it?
0: Um, so far, they haven't blocked me. No. Yeah, so um, kind of news that we didn't cover is uh, West of Loathing got uh an expansion on pc this week but they didn't announce it for any of the other consoles so i uh i slapped down my my switch gif
1: yeah and then they blocked you
0: no i said (laughs) no one's blocked me yet all right uh the the fourth and final kickstarter in our kickstarter check-in is under strange stars which is a twin-stick spacefaring RPG inspired by recent releases like Sunless Skies and also influenced by Futurama. You captain your own ship, fight pirates, smuggle goods, and raid freighters. Um, exploration and combat uses a top-down view, which damage done to both player and enemy ship subsystems, which affect their abilities. This doesn't sound like a game that is interesting to me at all, but I. They uh they are looking for thirty thousand New Zealand dollars, and if you pledge at least twenty dollar twenty New Zealand dollars, you will receive a digital copy of the game. They are developing the game for PC and Xbox One. Uh, they plan to have it out this year, and if you would rather have this on Switch, then uh, you Sorry, need yes. to check for the campaign stretch goals and see whether or not it is coming there yet.
3: Yep, the eponymous switch stretch goal.
0: <laughs> I don't think they've hit their goal yet. No, no, no I, they're like, at three thousand dollars out of twenty thousand dollars.
3: Like this one looked pretty neat, you know. It looked kind of interesting, but it does—it slightly irks me that they're talking about like we're we're you know they're inspired by Futurama and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but then the uh, the video and some of the stuff doesn't really show any of that inspiration. <laughs>
2: No, it looked a little bit more serious.
3: Yeah. So, you know, like if you're going to say that we're inspired by that, I think you should show a little bit more of that. <laughs> yep. But the right. the gameplay looks interesting.
0: Um, <laughs> Alex oh, no put Lord, this he in did. here for me. Yes, he did. <laughs> um, so there's a new Criminal Girls game coming. Criminal oh, Girls boy. Cross has oh, been boy. announced for smartphones and PC in oh, Japan.
3: Boy. You saw a, who's making it, didn't you? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's the uh, it's who's the Image it? Epoch chief that like disappeared and wanted to kill himself. Isn't he dead? No.
3: No. Oh. He's making Criminal Girls games now.
0: So, yeah. Um They they announced this <laughs> for Japan um
3: smartphones and PC
0: Yeah, in Japan it's and smartphones and some... PC. And then there was some sort of weird translation where I guess they said they were considering um putting it out on PS4 in other regions um but
3: no no hard confirmation on that yet.
0: Yeah, and it's really weird how this came out because um, Nipponiichi Software has licensed the use of the Criminal Girls series to Mikage, which is a phone development company. Uh, that that's the one that the Image Epic president created to make phone games. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jamatsu, two of the staff members of Jamatsu are like doing the translated PR for Mikage, even though they're also reporting on the story. It's really weird
1: yeah hey we did we had people working on dragon quest 7
0: yeah but we didn't have them doing we completely separated them out from all editorial content of this sal who like owns jimatsu or is the editor-in-chief i forget which one wrote this story and he's one of the people working with makage to translate it
1: that's okay right
0: no that's really weird Yeah. So anyways, there's that. Thanks, Alex. Um, <laughs> on to our editorial block. Um, we have a Monster Boy and the Curse Kingdom deep look by Pascal Takaya. So Ooh. if you missed any of the RPG cast episodes um, that he discussed this game, there's a deep look on the site. Go ahead and check it out. He, enjoyed he really it. liked
3: it. Yes, he really liked um, it.
0: Alex has a review up for My Time at Portia. Um, His time
3: at Porsche was very long. Winky. Yeah, so
0: he um he felt that the game was good, but that it went on for way too long. It it really uh, wore out its welcome. Um, also it has crappy combat. We have a review by Ryan for the Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition. Um, he quite liked it which is funny because all of us on the podcast that have played it are kind of mad about it. He gave it four <laughs> out of five. Read the review to find out why.
3: Okay. Yeah, for all those people who were upset that we, no one on the cast liked it, there's someone yeah. on staff who did.
0: Yep. And, also, and it's
2: not that I didn't like it. It's just I'm not feeling it right now. It's mad. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it's bad. I don't hate
2: it. But it's, I'm just
0: like, eh, why am I playing this? Man, I want to play something else. It's
1: not you. It's meh.
0: <laughs> it's not you, it's me nee, 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 nee. Alright, uh, we also have a review For Mario & Luigi, Bowser's Inside Story Plus Bowser Jr.'s Journey So Jooms took up the mantle to review this one He liked it Um, uh, But he is concerned About how fiddly the controls are
2: so, oh, very fiddly.
0: Yeah. Uh, very demanding on precise timing was basically yes. his, oh God, yes. his, his even, biggest complaint.
2: Even in easy mode, I was having trouble with a lot of the timing on some of those moves. So
0: um, we also have an anthem interview and gameplay footage. So we oh. sent yes, yeah, so we sent Harry to an Anthem pre release um, demo.
1: Oh, are we punishing him? No? Is, this his, is this his punishment for the new site?
0: <laughs> yes, Harry also helped us design the new site. Thanks, Harry. Yes. Um, I am not even going to attempt to pronounce his first name, but I know that his last name is Papa Dimitrio. <laughs> because I have to
1: spell it to people. Uh, what's his first name? Uh... He says just call him Harry. Yeah, no, I like, where is... The, this story wasn't even put up under his account, so no,
0: Alex did it.
1: Um, uh, yeah, you're right, Charlem, yeah, no, he's Papa Greek. Dimitriou. He's really Greek, Mister pa- yeah. Papa Demetrio. Yeah,
0: Harry, he literally. <laughs> when I met him last year, I'm like, man, please help me. I don't know how to pronounce your name. He's like, just call me Harry, please.
1: <laughs> that's that's the mark of someone who's gotten tired of people getting
0: it wrong. <laughs> Um, and if you don't want to kickstart the twin uh, stick shooter, um, you can get some twin stick roguelike action in um, starting February 19th. Unexplored is hitting the PlayStation 1. Play- whoa, whoa. Let me try that again. PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. <laughs> no, the PlayStation woo!
1: 1. That little tiny version <laughs> of the PSX. Yep. Coming up for that. Yeah, they so. They really backported it.
0: Uh, Unexplored originally came out on PC in 2017 and then came out last year on the Nintendo Switch. Um, And you are venturing into the Dungeon of Doom to steal the Amulet of Yendor from a dragon that lives inside. Um, Is
1: that a Star Wars thing? No. The Amulet of Yendor?
0: Twin Stick Like I've seen people play this and it just looks way too hard for me.
1: Oh, look at that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See how it's all twin sticky? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm just not that coordinated.
1: With one, shoot with the other. Anna, there's not. The twin stick controls are easy. That's no, the point they're of them. hard. No, it's like you move, you shoot. Yeah. You don't even have to coordinate any buttons. Yes, but uh, <laughs> I'm like shoot that way. I'm my, going this way. I'm going away and shooting at you. That's what it lets you do. My
2: brain doesn't work that way. Yeah, that's easier said than done, Chris.
1: <sighs> Anna doesn't even invert her y-axis.
2: Well, that's just monstrous. I'm sorry. Th- th- to be fair, if you've never played Star Fox before, then I can see that.
0: I hate Star Fox. I'm not good at it. I crash. Yeah, that, I that's... learned.
1: I learned the proper access of Y by playing Tie Fighter. Damn it! With I... a flight stick. Yeah.
0: Um. If you. Looked at the Mage's Tale and thought that's really cool, but it's only available on the Rift. Good news! The Mage's Tale is now available on PlayStation VR for $30. Mm.
2: Uh,
0: But you have to wait a little bit for the PS4 Pro Pro Enhancements patch. So, yeah. Uh, This is set between the events of Bard's Tale 3 and 4. It's a first-person dungeon crawler. You control an apprentice mage who is going to rescue their master from a corrupt... Evil wizard. I I like don't remember this coming out at all even on the Rift. And I I, I should cuz I was like watching all the I was watching desperately for RPGs to come out on the Rift. So, I'm confused. All right.
3: Yeah. Yeah, for some reason I thought this was a PSVR exclusive, but then you read the article and like, "Oh, it's been out on Rift and Oculus already." I'm like, whoops.
0: Um, hey Chris.
3: What's up? Chemco. Chemco alert! Chemco
0: alert! What about them? Uh, Limited Run Games uh, has announced <gasps> a a Chemco and EXE Create Ferns Gate game getting a physical edition for PS4 and Vita.
1: Alert. Alert. This is a test of the Chemco Emergency Broadcast System. Kemco is releasing a game. Kemco is releasing a game. So this is the thing that I love about this. Stay in your home. This
0: is a fantasy RPG that follows a high school student who is transported to the world of Fernland.
1: Okay. What do you do in Fernland?
0: You realize that you are inside of a video game and have to fight stuff.
1: So you didn't get transported anywhere. He's in a video game.
0: So um, there's also a guy in your party that has a giant fro and he has a, a... like a ferret or something that lives in it.
1: Oh, going total. Yeah. That's not stolen from anything. That's not
0: derivative at all.
3: Uh. <laughs> oh, Kimco. All
0: right. Uh, if you are interested in playing yonder, the cloud Catcher chronicles, but only have an Xbox one, you will soon be able to play it, it comes out um, for the Xbox one on February 27th, 2019. This is another game that they announced that it was going to be on a bunch of systems and it's kind of been slowly doling itself out. So it came out for PC and then PS4 and then Switch. You're following Jermia who must restore his island back to its former glory. It's an exploration game with no combat. Instead, you farm, craft, cook, fish, search for sprites and build relationships as the secrets of the island slowly unsurface Or surface. I might have done that backwards. Surface. All right. Question of the week.
1: Question of the week.
0: So last week we asked, do you understand the plot of Kingdom Hearts? Yes. <laughs> uh, Lord...
3: That's a question to be answered later for Kelly. <laughs> Lord
0: Golbez says, I've only played Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2, but even based on just those two, I'm skept- skeptical
1: Skeptical yeah. yes.
0: Skeptical Whether the plot of Kingdom Hearts Is even understandable Or remotely incoherent Shaman says I have one word for anyone Who answers yes
2: Lies, Lies. <laughs> I feel called out In a very specific way
0: You have been called out uh, Victar writes in and says I read a Kingdom Hearts manga once That had a plot I could understand Mostly Mostly. Um, Also, uh, this is something for you, Kelly. I have some thoughts on the Persona 5 dancing game, which I've been playing. While it doesn't have a traditional story mode, the social links really do feel like a story, and playing to unlock and see all the social links is similar to playing through a game to see its story. I assume P3 dancing is the same.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was.
0: Um, The social links... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: No, they're pretty much the exact same game, just different story different characters, and the stories kind of cross over and that um ba- basically the the two uh velvet room ladies in each in each game uh is having a competition to outdo the other <laughs> nice, yeah.
0: Um, The social links of P3 and P5 dancing are admittedly on a much smaller scale than the full-on story mode of the P4 dancing game. I can't recommend getting P3, P5 dancing solely for their story, but I will recommend them to anyone who likes rhythm games since they're well done, fun to play, and have a wide range of challenge levels from literally anyone can clear this to only the most insane rhythm gamers need to play.
2: Yeah, I like that the difficulty in that was very... um forgiving and didn't just make you play everything on hard
0: uh writes in question of the week i've played every kingdom hearts game and when i'm playing any one kingdom hearts i don't find myself lost or confused i find i am able to follow it just fine individually
1: Ah. but when
0: i try to piece the different games plots together and try to get the whole narrative you ever see one of those shows where they defeat an evil robot villain with one of those paradoxical, logical loop arguments that things and the robot can't parse it and its head explodes? Yeah, it's like that.
1: Oh, that must be painful.
0: <laughs> and uh, Mr. Wolf sent Mr. us Wolf. a text. Yay! Uh, sadly, yes, I do understand the whole Kingdom Hearts series after years of playing the Ooh. series over and over again. It's stupid, but you kind of just have to deal with it at this point. If the question was actually wait, wait, wait. lewd, I, Kingdom I'm
1: gonna Hearts... Take, I'm going to take, take issue with that. You don't have to deal with it. You could not play it. Oh, okay. Sorry.
0: If the question was actually lewd, Kingdom Hearts, I'm eh, pretty sure everyone is not actually over 18. So, uh, no. Oh. <laughs> so, if you want to provide feedback...
3: And I've learned that you can fix that with just a warning at the beginning of the game that says everyone's over 18. <laughs> <It's not working. laughs>
1: Everyone in this game is
3: jo- over Josh has
0: been regaling us with continued screenshots of Egress War Marriage, where disclaimer everybody's older older than eighteen Totally Totally over eighteen. All right. Feedback. We love your feedback. Feedback. We are so happy to get feedback. Submit it. Yes. So many ways to do so. Email us, podcast at rpgamer dot com. Mm-hmm. Call or text us. Thanks, Mr. <gasps> Wolf. Uh you can call or text six zero eight Seven two nine four zero nine eight. 4098 You can go to rpgamer.com Find the most recent RPG cast Plop your comment uh, under that Like Featherhoof, wow. Victor, Shaman And Lord Gobez did Thank you for the feedback guys And gals Or you can come listen to us live We record every week at, oh, Almost every week At twitch.tv slash rpgamer um, Saturdays at noon eastern 9am pacific So Get out of bed if you're on the west
1: coast. Chop chop. Why did you just hit the desk like they're going to hear that? Emphasis. Oh, okay. Fair enough.
2: We need a question of the week this week. We need a question of the week.
1: Uh, we don't have one. Uh,
0: what is going to be our question of the week? <laughs>
1: what should our question of the week what? be? That's All right.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. No, I got a good one. What? Old game. Uh-oh. Would you love to see new DLC for? Oh,
1: oh, Oh. mm, not remade, new DLC.
0: Yeah, because it's like they've already remade Neptunia.
1: Does Half-Life 2 count?
0: No. And so, but they're still adding more DLC to it, right? Mm -hmm. So what game would you like to see get the same treatment? Hmm. Preferably an RPG, but you know, I'm open. Right. New releases this week um, Away Journey to the Unexpected Comes out on PC There's 83 it, games coming out on the Switch this week
3: Yeah that's what I was about to say Are there any RPGs hiding in the Switch releases this week?
0: There's some RPG adjacent stuff But Chris didn't put them on the sheet
1: Yeah that's fine there's that there wasn't anything close to RPGs. I don't know what you're talking about. You named a few things. Yeah, they weren't RPGs. I was just being silly. <coughs> Away Journey the a- Unexpected RPG on the adjacent. PC. They're adjacent. Yeah, uh-huh. As in tangential.
0: Yeah, but that's okay.
1: No. It's not adjacent at all. It's the opposite.
0: <laughs> it's it's things that our audience might be interested in. So, Liar and the Brand, Blind Princess from Nisa?
1: mm
0: it's eco Mm -hmm. we covered eco and then we stopped covering eco oh magical (laughs) scroll tactics comes out this week
3: okay what is magical oh magical scroll tactics oh yeah
0: that's the side scrolling rpg it's already out came out yesterday
1: yeah
0: so that means it's already out okay
1: that means we covered that last week oh i bet you we did
0: um going down the list going down the list going down the list yeah I, I want to learn more about uh, Spoiler alert. That game looks funny.
1: Wait, what? Is that the name of the g- game?
0: Yes. It's a game where, that you play backwards. Oh, Memento <laughs> stuff. So when you start the game, it's already been finished. <laughs> this is the kind of game that I think that Chris would enjoy playing.
1: Yeah, this is Tiny Builds game. It's yeah. old. It's from 2014.
0: Well, it's out on the Switch now. All right. Um, Kelly, what are you going to be playing this week?
2: Uh, more Nexus, more Kingdom Hearts.
0: Uh, well, I'm definitely going to be playing Entry and Odyssey Nexus.
2: That game is great. Yes,
0: and it is. I'm, I'm going to be playing a lot of Final Fantasy IV getting ready for my tournament. Josh, what are you going to be playing?
3: Oh, more Mariage.
0: Oh, well, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> we it's really okay. Deep.
2: We really need to let Josh play better games this year. Hey, at <laughs> least Jumes didn't
0: have to play this Aggress Wars. I think he yeah, would have well, quit if we had made him play
3: it. That's what I get for for uh, uh, volunteering without doing enough research.
2: Um, apparently Jims is playing Mary Skelter Nightmares right now and is very weirded out by all the licking of the blood. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that fun? <laughs> yes. No, no, no.
0: Heals the girls. Yes. But the problem is is if you lick off their blood, that then they can't go into crazy mode.
3: Oh, uh, no video game. Chris, are you going to play
0: anything besides Diablo this week?
1: I don't know. I'm addicted. What am I supposed to do? He
0: comes home. He plays Diablo and watches ASMR videos.
1: Hey, you leave me alone. Oh, Sometimes I listen kind? to trance music.
2: What kind of ASMR video? Well, I found
1: a cute one last night. It was a dog tasting different types of foods. Okay. And the doggy said, oh, I don't like that. And they captioned it, you know, with like the dog's captions, which are, of course, all misspelled. And he's like, "The that ended with a lemon and the dog wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> it was amazing. It wasn't really an ASMR video. It was more watch a cute dog eat some food.
2: <laughs> you might enjoy oddly satisfying compilations of, of like, people like cutting up sand or like cutting up kinetic sand. Oh, or, yeah, I've like... seen
1: those. I don't, yeah. Uh, I like the ones where they make big spirals on things or use a yeah. le- lead <sighs> lathe on things and stuff Laith? like that. Lathe? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Or right. the, the, hy- the hydraulic press channel. I, I, I
1: just like whispering. I actually don't like listening to people eat things at. That freaking grosses me out but the doggy was cute
0: (laughs) um yeah i'm gonna play a train honesty nexus um a reminder that we are not going to have a show next week
1: oh right no show next week yeah chris and i I are at a conference no show so Mm. i got two weeks to try and play something other than diablo
2: yeah get on it maybe i'll have finished kingdom hearts by then two weeks We'll see. I've, I've been trying to kind of like complete each level. I mean, it's
0: Kingdom Hearts.
1: Um, it's not my time at Porsche, Anna.
0: Well, I mean, it's still like a 40 hour game.
1: That's nothing. Uh, Kelly's got this. Okay. I believe in you, Kelly. Unless you get commissioned to do a piece, then maybe that'll distract you. But, you know.
2: we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. I'll certainly take money over finishing Kingdom Hearts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to commission Kelly, I don't know how. Just DM
2: me on Twitter,
1: RedRock963. There you go.
0: And if you want to follow Josh on Twitter, he is. JSCARP. And Chris is S A B I N 1001. And I am A M Privateer. Um,
3: A S M R
1: Privateer. No, just A M.
0: Bad. Um, I, I catalog the games that I'm playing with screenshots. I try to avoid spoilers but if you're interested in sort of more frequent updates to what I'm playing and seeing screens of what I'm playing, I put those on my tweet ears. So come and check it out. Thanks everybody. Thanks Kelly. Thank you. Thanks Josh.
3: Thank you. No
0: thanks to yeah. you Chris. Yeah I know. <laughs> Alright. And uh, we'll see everybody in two weeks.
2: Bye bye. Thank bye. you. bye. Bye.